Hey, we're back. Remember us? It's the Orlando Soccer Show. We haven't done a episode since the 21st of September. To be fair, is there anything that anyone's actually wanted to talk about over the last few weeks of Orlando Soccer? You know, it's not necessarily about what we want to talk about, but what needs to be talked about. And today, there's something that needs to be talked about. Um, Playoff baseball's here. Sure, and Aaron Judge... (laughs) Aaron Judge did the thing. He, he the thing. painstakingly made the entire sports world suffer through every cutaway from every sporting event to see him whiff well, 30 times. You know, and then finally hit a ball. I think the thing that we all learned from this is, and that we've really known for a while is that when the Yankees are a national story, it becomes everyone's problem at that point. Yeah. And and by by a a guilt by association, it's your problem. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you You're for welcome. that. You know, I just want to say, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad I could have been a part of everyone's life for the last uh, few weeks, and it's uh, it was all worth it. So he he did the thing, got the job done, and now he is the sixth uh, all time home run leader in Major ooh, League Baseball history. Six, not even top five. No. God, I, I probably got that number wrong, but I think it's pretty close to that. Doesn't matter. Not not first. You're last. Mm-hmm. The. Uh, Ricky Bobby saying used to be. Anyways, enough inside baseball, quite literally. Um, huh. That's Gavin Eubank. I'm Austin David. This is the usual Orlando Soccer Show crew. We're not doing a full Orlando Soccer Show because, I mean, uh, you guys have there's more so th- things listen, to do with your life. Listen, yeah, and there's so much to talk about, and there's just not enough time to do it before the game on Sunday. So we're just going to talk about uh, Orlando City heading into the game on Sunday, and then next week. Depending on what happens, we will do either a season wrap-up show where we talk about City Pride, OCB, and the like, or we talk about, hey, Orlando's in the playoffs, and then talk about their next matchup, plus the postseason of Pride, OCB, and the like. So uh, that's the plan. We'll see if we stick to it, because, like I said, a lot of variables. Who saw a hurricane Mm -hmm. coming through and knocking out everyone's power and internet? That's That's fun. So, uh, Gavin, that Miami game, huh? Mm, yeah, I, I, it did happen. Yep, mm-hmm. It did happen. Gavin, I want to throw a stat at you. Go ahead. Since winning the U.S. Open Cup, Orlando has lost four of their last five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, not good. Not no. great, Bob. Gavin, I'd like to throw another stat at you. Let's go. I got my mitt on. <sighs> when Orlando City scores first in their games, at home they are 7-1-0. Away they are 5-2-4 for a total of 12-3-4 when they score first. When the opponent scores first at home, they are 1-7-0. Away they are 0-4-1 for a total of 1-11-1. Okay, okay. I've got a stat for you, and there's a lot of pessimism heading into this weekend's game. I think that's fair to say. Mm -hmm. But did you know that Orlando City has won six of its last seven games against Columbus and MLS? Six of their last seven. Mm. Uh, And four straight home games against the crew. That is actually, according to MLS, their longest home winning streak against any opponent in MLS, in the club's MLS history. And do you want to know something else about the Columbus crew, especially lately? Oh, they suck. 
they love giving specifically, up points. Specifically, yeah, specifically late. <laughs> they love giving up points. Like, mm-hmm. they are historically now the most dropped points team in, like, MLS history, I think. If this was, and I think you should leave sketch, the Columbus crew would be constantly pulling chunkies because he just comes out and he takes your points. He takes your points away, and that's what they keep doing in the 90th minute or later. They just keep drawing chunkies. It's it's quite wild. Um, Like literally a a more uh, a bigger MLS decision day game. Like there's very few playoff spots left. Could there be a bigger game that everyone's going to be watching against two teams that are just so erratically unstable (laughs) at this point? Where it's like, should either of these teams really be in the playoffs? I mean, realistically, if they get in the playoffs, then who knows how much they're going to make. Um, mm-hmm. But going back to my first point, so that, that 94th minute equalizer they conceded against Charlotte uh, resulted in a 2-2 draw. The crew have dropped 11 points in the 90th minute or later this season, which is three more than any other team has done in MLS history. Yeah, not great. I mean, listen, look back at Columbus's... Uh, Last couple games. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. They were winning 2 nothing against uh, Charlotte. They ended up drawing 2-2, 90th minute goal. Uh, the game against the Red Bulls. They were down one nothing and scored two in very late fashion, one in stoppage time to win. That was the first time they've ever done that. That's the first time ever. They've, did, they've been in the league since 1996, and that was the first time they've ever done that. Just put that in perspective. The game before that, Columbus-Portland, 90th minute goal. They were winning 1-0, 1-1 draw. They played Miami. Gonzalo Higuain scores in the 82nd minute to win 2-1 over Columbus. The game before that, they played Montreal. They conceded in the 89th and 94th to go from 2-0 up to 2-2 draw. Like, this is insanity. Yeah, I mean, when you look at their record, they've lost seven games this year. Only one team in Major League Soccer, has lost fewer games than Columbus, which is Philadelphia. 16 draws, also by far the most in the league. So, I, I mean, if you add those 11 points, they are third in the Eastern Conference right now, just behind, or behind, you know, uh, four, yeah, four points uh, behind Montreal. Sorry, five points behind Montreal. Mm-hmm. So, this is a good team. But mm-hmm. what it tells you is that they are vulnerable. They are a mm-hmm. team that is very vulnerable late in games. At the same time, we also know that Orlando City is also pretty vulnerable in the final 30 minutes of games. Yeah, um, it's not even, not, Gavin, it's not even just going to be the final 30 minutes. Uh, they're going to be without their two first choice center backs for this game. Right. And that was definitely, and that, and that was going to be another talking point. I think when we get into this, is you're at home you, where you are not consistently good this year, and you're playing a Columbus team that is 3 3 and 10. On the road this year. And all you have to do is win this game. And you're in the playoffs. Those odds coupled with what you just mentioned. That they're two best center backs. The two guys who are when they are on the field. Give Orlando City the most durability in the back line. Not being there. That is not good. Mm-mm. At all. It's as They have an uphill battle to climb. Which coming to this point in the year. 
being the Open Cup champion, being at home for your last game of the year, ideally the odds shouldn't be that stacked against you. But as you know, to be a broken record, like we say every week, this team is so up and down. Mm-hmm. You don't know which performance you're going to get from one mm-hmm. week to the next, which is ultimately why Orlando is obviously in this position. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you, but the the optimism, and I, I, I'm a very realistic guy, but I'm also a pretty optimistic person. I don't have a lot of optimism here. And and again, that could also just be me setting myself up to not be disappointed if they lose or don't get in on Sunday versus if they surprise and pull this up. Because I think right now, Columbus is probably the favorites in this game. I mean, realistically, you would think Orlando should be. Vegas actually has Orlando favored. Oh. By a small margin? Like a goal and a half or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Orlando's got 13 wins. Columbus has 10 wins this year. So, I mean, yeah. they've had the better – well, I can't say they've had the better season because they've also lost double the amount of games. Uh, I mean, um, Orlando also has won the U.S. Open Cup. So, yes, better season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess that's fair. And no matter what happens this weekend, they are U.S. Open Cup champions and they're going into the CONCACAF Champions League. Not making the playoffs doesn't take it away from them. I think it's very clear, too, that that Open Cup run did something in terms of... I mean, it was obviously emotionally draining to, mm-hmm. to do that. And, to, and the way they pulled it off at home in front of that stadium. Do you buy into that? That it had they... I mean, had they not won, who knows what their performances would be like. But do you buy mm-hmm. into the fact that this is just all hangover? Yeah. Oh, no. Or I, that I, it's I, more this... of just predictive of the season that they've had, that it rolling off four losses in five games it's pretty it's also kind of par for the course for this team it's it's a little bit of both and i actually asked Ospreja today about that i said well your guys have lost four of five since winning the trophy do you feel like there's been a hangover from winning that on that emotional high mm-hmm. and oscar really didn't answer my question he basically said well people will say this that and the other but our team is good so uh not much to read into that but oscar did say that as soon as we won the trophy, we had to reconvene and play the best team in the East two days later. And yeah. it was it was very draining. Like, it's it's not easy. This whole schedule has not been easy. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think about it, you know, when they played Philly, that whole time from the Philly game up until the uh, Toronto game, there were, like, what, four games that they played in the span of two weeks or something ridiculous? So, like, mm-hmm. you can't really fault them too much. Because again, going off that emotional high and and the the stresses of, of you know prepping for the game, then coming down from that, having won a trophy, celebrating and, and it takes a lot out of you to then have to turn around and try and refocus yourself for a a playoff run mm-hmm. is difficult. And you almost saw it with with the Seattle Sounders this year. Like they they won the CONCACAF Champions League, like the first MLS team to ever do it. And that was back before the season really started. And then they bombed out of the playoffs for the first time ever. No, it's a tough thing to do. It's a, it's definitely a tough thing, and, and obviously, it's tough for you know you and I to say this, having never been in that position. Um, mm. Obviously, having to deal with the the physical demands and the emotional demands of playing a, a a big tournament like that in the middle of also having to prioritize winning regular season games. Um, I mean, the last the last uh, month and you know the last month has obviously been their toughest stretch of the year when you look at the games that they've had it's also been their worst stretch of the year i mean four out of five four losses in five games even 
when they were a pretty dreadful team to watch for what may june july august or before august really they they were never really that bad mm. um but yeah i mean it, it's this is just kind of indicative of the season that they're that they've had to this point and you know now here we are one game left winner go home and it's a well, home game too and i want yeah. to mention something about this this is a crazy stat orlando's eight and eight on the season at the home eight wins eight losses since the breakaway shootout was abolished back in 2000, only one team in MLS history has gone a full regular season without a home draw. <laughs> and that's New England Revolution back in 2002. Wow. Now, if there is one other um, thing that I would take into this as like a positive heading into the fact that they you know they are pretty successful against Columbus. Orlando proved to us just this year the do or die win or go home, they can harness that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that is going to be important where yeah, you could probably look at the last handful of games and say is that really true? Maybe not, but at home their backs are as against the wall as they're gonna get mm-hmm. from here on out. And this team has shown us time after time against Miami, against um, Nashville, against New York, and against Sacramento, they can put the performance on when they absolutely have to. Um, now, again, that's no guarantee, but if there's one thing that you, you want to look at, that if you're a listener and you're looking for something, you say, Gavin, Austin, you guys just keep giving me reasons to think they're going to lose on Sunday. Well, <laughs> Orlando has proven us wrong time and time again in these in these must-win situations, so we'll see. Yep. Now, uh, here are the very quick playoff-clinching scenarios. There's only two. Mm-hmm. Win and you're in, or tie plus a Cincinnati loss to huh, D.C. United. Mm-hmm. Who is already wrapped up. The wooden spoon for this year. Yes. Not only that, but Wayne Rooney has announced that he's going to be playing uh, three teenagers to start the game. (laughs) One, a 15-year-old. You want to know what's funny? Is Mm. DC, they have two wins since May 7th. Both Both against Orlando. Yeah. Both against Orlando. That's... And you know what's crazy? If Orlando wins on the, the weekend, they'd have 14 wins. That would be the same as the New York Red Bulls, one behind NYCFC, who are third and fourth, respectively. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about this team that I think that's driven me crazy is that in those games they win, they're not just all slipping by, you know, like, oh, a lucky bounce here, you know, a good call there that goes in their favor. They, they play genuinely well in most of those games. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that they, in the 14 losses that they have, it's that those are the performances that have you scratching your head and saying, what's the real Orlando City here? Is it this team or is it that team? Um, you know, just so back and forth, week to week. And I think, Gavin, I think it's fair to say that both of those teams are the real Orlando City. There is no yeah. one or the other. Mm-hmm. They're they're consistently inconsistent, and I think is the biggest takeaway from this 2022 season is Orlando City is consistently inconsistent. Yeah. Now, if we're being honest with ourselves for a second, how much of that do you put on Oscar Pereja? 
as the coach. I think he's he's playing with the hand he's been dealt right now. Yeah. Where there were there was I mean the players that they were able to bring in in the transfer window Ivan Angula has been great. Nico Joachini has fallen off the map completely and Wilder Cartagena has been decent in the midfield. He's actually been pretty good in fact. Um but those are short-term solutions. Joachini was brought in as a a bench option. He was signed. Angulo and Cartagena are both loans. They haven't been able to spend money because they don't have any money. And then there's, you know, can't forget that um, Gaston Gonzalez was supposed to be here and injured yeah, in his yeah, last yeah, game. Yeah, 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 of course. That definitely is a big blow, too. Right. And, and like, there's options. Like, a, a lot of players have been hurt. Pato is out. Mm-hmm. Robin Janssen's out. Like, there are players that are contributors to this team that are unavailable. And Oscar has to pick what he feels he can deal with. And Mm -hmm. I think in an ideal world, when Orlando has money, they would bring in more reinforcements, maybe another designated player. I think what they really need is, is a number 10. I think Mauricio is just kind of past his prime at this point. I don't see him coming back next year. I think they, they go after somebody who can make Mm -hmm. a big difference in the middle of the park and, you know, I, 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 it's weird to say, but they're missing the Nani factor. They're missing yeah. the guy that can take over games. Facundo Torres has shown that he is he is getting to that point, but Nani was that guy already. He was the guy who could come in big moments and make big plays. So even like a secondary guy, like a Chris Mueller, who can kind of get you fired up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Junior Urso is a very can be a very fiery player, but yeah, I mean, like you said, there's there's not a lot of spark. Yeah, there's not a lot of spark. In a lot of these guys out there, which can definitely factor into it. But I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And I think we all know that this roster is flawed. We all know that there is certainly, again, another thing that we repeatedly say is that this is going to be a big offseason. A lot of players going in and out. I think it's going to look like a very different Orlando City because that's ultimately what this team needs at this point. You know, they need a big transformation to, to get to that next level. Um, you know, and at the same time, it we 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 have seen glimpses of what this team can be and they you know they just haven't got it consistently um but i only bring it up because you know obviously you win an open cup and expectations from a lot of people rise and they certainly say all right well why did we do this if we can't even make the playoffs and i have seen the question floated around oscar out i mean personally and i just want to be clear i don't think his seat could be any colder right now heading into the offseason i mean evaluated again next summer if orlando city still looks like this but at the Mm -hmm. moment i think if you're questioning you should probably just put it away because you're wasting your time now just to make a note uh the referee for this game is alex chilowitz and fotis bazakos is the var official so those are the two guys that are going to be making all the uh important decisions here for uh orlando city basically now I would also like to, to mention just a, a couple other things. So uh, Wednesday's game was the final broadcast for the broadcast crew of Orlando City because they're moving to Apple next year, and the game this Sunday was moved to Fox Sports 1. That's it. They're done. Evan and Miguel celebrated their 200th games on the uh, television together while Gabby Amato celebrated her 50th. And uh, nice way to, to send them out. I got a chance to talk to all three of them about kind of what all of this uh, meant. Like Evan 
was not a soccer guy when he joined Orlando City. He was a baseball guy, much like yourself, Gavin. Um, the only background that he had in soccer was the occasional play-by-play gig that he did right out of college or in college. And also uh, his experience with soccer was going to his sister's uh, soccer games and being forcibly sat to watch those games. And he has now become a full soccer guy to the point where this is his career now. This is what he wants to continue doing. And uh, he is in talks with Apple about doing something. There's nothing official yet. There probably won't be until like January because they don't make any decisions. And uh, from what I'm hearing, there's only going to be 12 guys, only 12 crews for the broadcasts. So you're probably going to have a a lot of people doubling up on games on, on weekends. I was going to say that doesn't even mathematically make sense. It's 12 crews. So 24 people technically. 12 play well, by I mean, play. From like a play yeah, from like a crew standpoint though. I mean, yeah. you're talking about what there's going to be 28, 29 teams next year. Yeah. 14 games a week. Mhm. So you're you're going to have people doubling up on games. Mhm. I think definitely. I mean, it's obviously we've we've talked about this, you know, the whole Apple deal, but it definitely sounds like Get ready for NFL-style packages where it's you have your A team, your B, and a bunch of your C teams, and mm-hmm. it's going to look like that every week. Yep. You're going to have your it's Joe very much the NFL big model. games, your um, John, you would know who I'm talking about if you saw him, but you know it's like your B guy getting those, those second-time games. But mm. personally, I would put Wes Evan up there. I mean, he's a good play-by-play guy. I, I, and I hope Miguel gets to involved in it i don't i don't you probably know better than i do if he, he's if he might be, i mean but he told he told me basically like he's just kind of waiting and seeing what happens like he's he's trying to do what's best for himself and his family he's just really grateful for the opportunity he never thought he would be doing stuff like this ever so he's he's kind of in that mode where He's coaching right now with South Orlando soccer and, and the youth side of things. He's gotten an opportunity to be the goalkeeper coach for the Pride, which that's a whole thing that still hasn't been decided yet. So there, there's opportunities for Miguel to remain with the club in different capacities. Uh, Gabby is working for uh, Fox Now or whatever it's called. Uh, Fox Live Now, where she's the early morning uh, host anchor for all the news uh, she's she's kind of keeping her options open as well you know she's not necessarily married to staying in orlando she wants to maybe go internationally or uh, some other places domestically maybe working games for mls and their apple tv deal she doesn't know nothing's nothing's for certain yet but uh hats and off to those say, to those guys as well and i do want to say too i mean having primarily you know having only lived out of market um since orlando city's gotten to mls i've i've had a lot of you know I, I watch games through ESPN plus MLS live back in the day. Um, so I, I would get, it's kind of 50, 50 between getting the Orlando broadcast and getting the broadcasts of a lot of teams. And I do think that between both um, Radcliffe and um, Traxler and this group of Weston and Miguel, you know, Orlando city has had a couple of good broadcast crews over the years, probably two of the better ones. You know, it might obviously as a biased, biased Homer here compared to a lot of the other teams, um, in Major League Soccer that that sometimes we're forced to listen to. And especially Miguel, I do want to know, and he's probably heard this a lot, but he's come a very long way in terms of being a great color analyst on these Orlando City games, and he is such a joy to listen to. The way he picks out and picks apart plays and, and spots things that, you know, 
a lot of people you don't really catch right away on the broadcast. So he's been a joy to listen to. Evan's a great play-by-play guy. Um, so you know, obviously wishing the best for both of them. Absolutely. And uh, next next week we'll we'll have a a little bit more about what Evan and Miguel and Gabby told me because there was so much that I had to leave on the cutting room floor for that uh, article I posted over on the Orlando Soccer Journal about all three of them. And there's a lot of fun little stories and anecdotes about you know them joining the the crew and um, especially with Miguel, like the the importance of of everybody around them like the the behind the scenes people so uh we'll we'll get into that next week though um but yeah so uh the the only other things that i wanted to mention in terms of this game before we kind of wrap up because like i said we're, we're keeping this pretty short um is the uh the potential opponents like and again if orlando city makes it there's a lot of permutations about who they could end up playing because Montreal could overtake Philly for the number one spot and then Orlando could end up playing Philadelphia. Um, Depending on what happens in the Cincinnati game, they could end up playing NYCFC or the New York Red Bulls or Montreal. Like there's basically that any of the top four teams they could end up playing by the end of Sunday, which is kind of wild. That's how close this race is for um, the top four. And actually it could be top four. Uh, actually, no. They couldn't play Miami. They they wouldn't be able to finish fifth. Actually, no. They could. No, they couldn't. No, they could. Okay. Uh, Red Bulls would finish fifth, and they would play at Miami if Red Bulls lost and Miami won. I say best Orlando could do is Sixth. tie Miami, but they also currently have a worse goal differential. If they win. They would be even on points, then it's goal differential. Well, either way, uh, prepare yourself for a very fun and exciting Sunday afternoon. It's a 2.30 kickoff over on FS1, so not quite Big Fox. if you want to actually tune in on time. No, no, no. So I think because every game in the Eastern Conference has to kick off at the same time, they're going to keep it a 2.38 kickoff. So this way, every game kicks off at the same time, and every game ends at the same time. So this way... No, the the game page says two fifty five. Really? So they all start, yeah. So it, that's the broadcast window starts at two thirty, and then all the games actually start at two fifty five. All the games will do that, I would assume. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Because the whole point of starting every game at the same time is so that no other team can figure out what the other team's score is and have to. Right. I think know. they are, but just for like broadcast purposes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Weird. Anyways. That's going to be fun. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention before we, we wrap up the show here, and I know I said I'll, I had one other thing, but I forgot one other thing. Earlier today at training, Orlando City posed for a picture with the U.S. Open Cup. And I, I talked to Oscar Pereja today, and I asked him about that. You know, why why today? Why, why take a photo with the, the cup now? And there is actually a, a very interesting story behind why they took that photo at the training ground. And I'm going to let Oscar tell it right now. Uh, right, yes, that's a, that has a, uh, there is a, a history or story behind that. Um, when we came to this um, club here, uh, the facilities were obviously new and empty in terms of 
memories and pictures and stories uh, that had been writing on uh, participation, but 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 none of them were uh, meaning to win something. Uh, we declared as a group that we wanted to to hang in the wall the picture uh, that it will mean a trophy for Orlando, and from there more. Uh, so we put a we put a frame empty in one of our uh, walls, uh, the walls that leads towards the locker room, and uh, and we declare and commit all as a group that uh, one day we're going to hang, and not one day but soon we will going to hang a picture there that can be the start of. A good history for Orlando in terms of winning trophies. So the Open Cup, I know, is the past already, and we're not that we want to keep talking about it, but we couldn't have the opportunity last week uh, to take the picture. That is not just the players, it's the people who take care of us, the people who is around us, the, the guards, the 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 piece of, the people who is who is helping us in the small things and the people who is behind the scenes and and, and and even you all that that means a lot for this community and we we couldn't do it last week because the proximity of the game so today was the, the only the only um day that we have that opportunity to get them all um so that that's the story i think is 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 good that you guys know what was it and today the message is that on sunday we have the opportunity to continue in our race to have first the ticket to the playoffs and that can inspire us. And second, to fight in the playoffs as a, as a winners and as a club that wants more and more. That's, that, that was what happened this morning. So yeah, just a, a very interesting story from Oscar, just in terms of the uh, the significance of, of taking a photo with all of the, uh, the players in the uh, trophy and the staff as well. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, Gavin. I think we're going to call it there. So, hmm. Any final thoughts before we go? Do you want to do a prediction? It's it's dangerous to do a prediction. It's futile at this point. Um, but oh man, I want again. I'm I'm an optimistic guy. I want to say two to one Orlando. Now, I will also say this, and I don't want to get drone striked, but. If the season ended on Sunday, would we be upset? Would we be upset? Still a U.S. Open Cup champions. <laughs> We're still U.S. Open Cup champions. There's a lot to look forward to this offseason. And is it really worse than making the playoffs and getting spanked by a significantly better team potentially in the first round? That's not up for us to decide. That's, That's up for you, the fans, to decide. Let us know if you think that Orlando City not making the playoffs, depending on what happens on Sunday, would mean that it is a not necessarily a failure of a season, but if if you're upset about that. That's the question for uh, for today. Mm. So, cool. All right, let's keep it short, sweet, and simple. Thanks to uh, to Gavin. I'm Austin. This has been the Orlando Soccer Show, abridged version. We'll be back next week for a full episode to wrap things up, talk about the season, talk about a bunch of other different stuff. 
Uh, here we go, Gavin. This is it. 90 minutes left. Should be a fun one. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We'll see you later on the other side of Orlando Columbus on Sunday afternoon. Bye-bye.